Hi, my name is Tony DeBono, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dumbledore. Wait, what's that? The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Welcome, one and all, and thank you for joining us. Episode 542 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and I'm joined by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, Brittany Page. Do you know what month it is? Um, September. Good job. <laughs> I, I looked at the calendar on my computer. Wow. Yeah. You needed the calendar well, for that? Well, it should just tell you what state of mind I'm in right now, which is to say very tired. I might need to give you a full mini mental status exam just to see how you're doing cognitively, because oh. now I'm a little bit concerned. All right. Um, but yes, you are correct. It is September and is, I'm correct. Well, good. I'm glad. Is there, <laughs> is there anything right. special about the month of September? Can you think? It's still too fucking hot outside. I'll tell you that. Okay. <laughs> um, anything else? Anything else about September being special? Come on, man. I don't. Don't quiz. Let's not do this. Are you not in the mood for a quiz? <laughs> Did watching when, when? the three-hour presidential debate throw you over the yeah. edge? Yeah. Well, some of it did. But mm-hmm. also, I'm who's ever in the mood for a quiz? Let's get real. Well, this is a fun quiz, <laughs> isn't it? Oh. oh, it's a fun one. Yeah. Anyway, uh, September 21st is the date. Oh. Uh, that, Earth, Wind, and Fire That time. is in Earth, Wind, and Fire's popular song, September. And... The Los Angeles City Council actually honored Earth, Wind, and Fire by making September 21st Earth, Wind, and Fire Day. Huh. It's official. Is, do you think that they'd rather have September just be Earth, Wind, and Fire Month? Or do you think a lot of intensity can be poured into one day and it's better to have a day? I don't really know what the plan is for the festivities on the day, but I do know that because the date is um, in the song, that's huh. why they chose that specific date. I, I, I know that uh, oftentimes on the Instagram, like I won't know that it's like National Fucking Hot Dog Day or National Pizza Day until you know you you go on to to Instagram, and there have been many times that we've been like, ah, oh, it's National Pizza Day. Let's Go out and get pizza. We've done that multiple times. Yeah, but how many of those restaurants are just tagging that to try to get people to come in? You know what I mean? <laughs> like a pizza restaurant is just saying all the time, it's National Pizza Day. Well, you know? with them, it probably is. Yeah. Well, what is wrong with you? Are you yawning a lot of yawning. So anyway, I love Earth, Wind, and Fire. We <laughs> are going to be seeing them for the third time. Um, second time at the Hollywood Bowl. Third yeah. time all together. And I'm very excited. And someone tagged me in this link um of september 21st being earth wind and fire day and it was very exciting news for me i'm i'm very much looking forward to it it's always a fun time and the hollywood bowl is just a great venue you can bring your own food and drink 
which is spectacular. And it is pretty great. They should really just do that at all concert venues. You're going to fill up the picnic basket with uh, several bottles of wine. It's going to be a good time. And some cheese. And some cheese. And maybe some crackers. One would hope. We'll see. The cheese is good enough. <laughs> no promises. We'll, yeah. we'll see how it works out. Yeah. Something that um, <laughs> something that didn't have me feeling good, though, is an email that oh, no. I received from Jill. Yeah, that's right. Jill, who's normally Jill on my side. From Denmark? Yes. Are you ready for this? I... It's outrageous. You're outraged by Jill. Yes. It must be good. Hey, Brittany and Jesse. Oh, it's already fucking outrageous. And Jesse, but mostly Brittany. You wanted criticism and recently asked for feedback if we have heard something you think we think. Wait. Wait, what? You wanted criticism and recently asked for feedback if we have heard something from you that we think is irrational. I know you were referring to a different subject, but irrationality is irrationality. I think your indiscriminate killing of spiders and insects is totally irrational. You are not threatened in any way. They are living things, too. Actually, very fascinating creatures and important parts of the global ecosystem. They're just trying to live their lives, so please give them respect, most basically by respecting their lives. (laughs) Other than that, I pretty much agree with you and enjoy your program. Thanks a lot. From Jill. P.S. Oh, I was getting ready to say something. Mosquitoes kill more humans than any other animal by spreading diseases through their bites. So I'll accept that they are a threat. A couple others, too. See the following link. But not spiders, moths, or whatever other insects you have described as threats. Come on. Spiders bite. PPS. Maybe not in fucking Denmark where it's like a utopic existence. PPS. Raccoons aren't on the list either. Well, I got burned by this. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is you. I'm the one who who gets dispatched to dispatch the spiders, though. You're not doing the killing. So I'm just, I'm an emissary of death for arachnids. Well, here's what I would say. I do leave the spiders alone if I don't see them or I can't get to them. <laughs> so that is good, right? Well, I... Uh, I have a criteria. If they're outside, mm-hmm. they get to live. Yeah, I mean, I would add to that a little bit. If they're outside and I can't easily get to them, then they get to live. <laughs> yeah, you're a maniac about but it. But if they're outside and I can easily step on their ass, <laughs> then I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, so Popeye right now has a cone on his head. And if you hear him whining, that that's because he has a cone on his head. And he's not happy about and it. And it, it's making him miserable. But he keeps chewing how his feet. Did you, how did you transition from, I wanted to still talk about the spider We thing. are. I'm going to go back to it. It's related. Okay. <laughs> so he's been chewing his feet. And they were they ballooned up and were swollen yesterday. So we had to put this cone on him so he will stop chewing his feet. He has allergies. Obviously, he must have eaten something. We don't really know. So, of course, I was Googling, you know, why does the dog chew his feet? Why does the dog have swollen feet? And it said that it could be allergies. It could be... Oh, I see. The spider bite. Right. It could be something is lodged in his paw and is stuck there and is causing a problem. It is not. Or it could be a spider bite. Now, there you go. How about that? Yeah, I I don't know about the the insect makeup of the 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 the, the country of Denmark mm-hmm. 
But I got I would have to think that it's not like Australia. It's not like Florida where you could die at any given wrong step uh-huh. with the wildlife. <laughs> and here we do have poisonous spiders. I'm not saying our house is infiltrated with them. Mm-hmm. But if they're in the house, yeah, they get, they can go. They get to go. Yeah. I understand, though, because I do like Jill is yelling at me. I get yelled at by other people who say they serve a purpose. They eat other insects. So I understand what she's saying about the ecosystem. But I mean, ultimately, I don't respect the argument. That's really what it comes down to, because I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. All right, Jill. Well, let me talk about the this kind of brings up. a topic. <laughs> also, we love Jill. She knows that we're just we're being playful. Right. Are we? I am. Oh, I, I thought we were hating her. I understand that. <laughs> I, I understand that would never happen. Never happen with Jill. But I understand that it is irrational. And I do appreciate being called out for it because it is. It is. It really is. I have an irrational fear of them to the point where if I see a particularly scary one, I'm like haunted by it. And I like cry. You think they're like crows, like they remember your face. It is sometimes unhealthy, I will say. Sometimes. Yes. But it's hard, Jill. It's a hard situation. So apparently right now they're (laughs) on the verge of sterilizing a large population of mosquitoes where they can't reproduce, thus... Going back to the uh, the malaria, you know, the mosquitoes killing people comment she made. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what kind of an impact. I wonder if we have somebody science related in the audience who would know this. But I would hope they would be careful with whatever they're doing because you, you can't just, oh, yeah, mosquitoes are a pain in the ass. Let's just kill all the mosquitoes because then what happens to the very next line on the food chain? I don't think anyone is getting ready to do this. I think that I saw a Twitter poll about a hypothetical situation. And now you're saying that someone is getting ready to do this. (laughs) No, they are. They've sequenced the genome. And Uh I think they're, they're fucking around with genes, turning shit off, making them sterile. Uh That's a thing that's happening. Uh Uh-huh. I'm probably wrong. I'm wrong about a lot of yeah, stuff. I, don't, so. I saw a Twitter poll that basically was asking for opinions about whether or not you would support that if you could get rid of mosquitoes altogether. Hmm. Um, would you support that decision? Um, and I can't remember what the result of the poll was. It was a Twitter poll, so no one cares, you know, but... Um, <laughs> highly, highly scientific. Yeah, so thank Speaking you. Of, thank you, Jill. Speaking yes. of emails, do we have any more? We do. Um, Brittany and Jesse, I'm guessing you may talk about the Sharpie story and Trump's alteration of the map of Hurricane Dorian's path, but I'm hoping you might really take a moment to analyze what exactly is happening with Trump here. Brittany, I believe you have said you're hesitant to diagnose Trump from afar with any particular psychological or medical analysis. So I ask, uh, let me just pause. (laughs) I'm definitely hesitant to diagnose with any kind of medical, (laughs) um, as, as, as Josh here put it, analysis. Um, I'm not a doctor, so. Um, So it would be very unethical. Yes, yes, yes. Even more unethical than if you did so psychologically. Yes. Yeah. 
So I ask, at what point does it become reasonable, even fair, to call these types of actions out in plain view for whatever they might be? This occurrence with the Sharpie, this sheer, utter, blatant forgery, astounded me in a way other things he has done did not. Not to mention the spectacle that became his incessant grip with appearing right on the matter. Just curious for your thoughts on all this, Josh. So... I guess my question to Josh would be, because he says, uh, at what point does it become reasonable, even fair to call these types of actions in plain view for whatever they might be? Well, well, what are they, Josh? Like, what do you think they are? Because the implication there being that you obviously see something that is psychologically wrong or medically wrong that I'm unwilling to state, Right. I mean, that's kind of the implication that I'm hearing. Yeah, so, yeah. So I'm just wondering what is so obvious about Sharpie Gate um, that indicates Donald Trump has a psychological or medical problem. Um, I didn't take away, other than the fact that Trump is just a wanton asshole who can never be wrong mm-hmm. and doubles down, making himself look like a fucking moron. I I didn't take anything. I I, I didn't I didn't make that leap. I guess that I think Josh may have that there's something psychologically wrong with with like diagnosably psychologically wrong with Trump because of the Sharpie thing. It just seemed consistent with who he yeah, is as a person of course. Um, and his personality that he's had his whole life. Um, and of course, for those who are unaware, he added the black Sharpie circle <laughs> um, to include Alabama um, in the path <laughs> right. of Hurricane Dorian on an official forecasting national oceanic and atmospheric administration map because he can't be wrong about anything (laughs) and because he happened to tweet yeah alabama you're in the path yeah which was wrong right (laughs) and we talked about this a little bit on the previous episode yeah um but that's what it was to me it is just again another instance of donald trump's inability to be wrong inability to accept criticism yeah Inability to have anyone in his circle who provides him criticism or disagrees with him in any way. Um, all of that seemed pretty consistent with who he's been over time. So, yeah. um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what Josh wants to hear from me, but I, I didn't see, I guess, what, what Josh is saying, you know? Yeah. I just think there's a, there's a move to want to, well, l- l- let me float this out there. We'll put it to Josh. What happens if he does get diagnosed as like early onset? I guess it wouldn't be early onset, but like Alzheimer's or something. And then all of a sudden he has an excuse for all of these, all this terrible behavior. Or let me rephrase that. He doesn't have an excuse. He will use it as an excuse. Supporters of his will use it as an excuse. As cover and concealment for his crimes. Where are you going to be then? Where where are those out there who want an indictment, who want consequence for him? Where are they going to be if all of a sudden it's, oh, I I was clinically, you know, uh, cognitively incapacitated. I I wasn't in charge of my own facilities. Uh, It's going to leave these people in a bad spot. Well, and last time we played a clip from Dr. Alan Francis, who we've had on the show twice, um, who is very against the movement to um, 
give Donald Trump a diagnosis from afar. Um, and I said when we played that most recent clip of Alan Francis on with Brian Stelter on C- CNN that I wasn't fully convinced by many of his arguments. But one thing that I remain confused about on this issue is why people are so motivated to find something beyond the explanation of Donald Trump is a bad person. Yeah. You right, know, yeah. that's really all that we need. He's an immoral, bad person um, who is selfish and down the line, just a turd. So I, I don't know why <laughs> it can't just end there, you know, and people are trying to go deeper and find something else that's wrong. You well, know, I think I think it's born out of that they know it bothers Donald Trump, that it hurts Donald Trump in some way. That if you say you're crazy or you're not smart or you've lost your mind, that that will damage him psychically. Hmm. It's the same thing with saying you have little hands. You know what I mean? (laughs) That you're a fat guy, a fat fucking ugly guy. That strikes at his ego. So, you know, that's... So I think it's the same thing with the, yeah, you're not in charge of your mental facilities. That's that's a dig on him. Mm -hmm. Even though you are, and I don't want to be somebody who throws around the word ableist, you're kind of dragging in this other population of people who really do have an affliction, who struggle with memory issues. And, you know, I just, I just, you don't need to do that. Donald Trump is a, a fucking piece of shit. You don't need to say, oh, and you're have Alzheimer's or you're losing it. You, you don't need to do that. Yeah. He's a fucking piece of shit. Just b- bad person, that's where you go, right? Racist. Yeah. You know, you don't have to add other things to it. We get it. Um, <laughs> we get it. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for that email, Josh. We have another email here. Greetings. Writing because of an email received in your recent show about people saying that assault weapons are not nearly as deadly. A few weeks ago, I emailed about my views on the AR-15 style assault weapons. I illustrated that the problem isn't so much the fact that the gun is a scary black gun as you can get the AR-15 in a .22 caliber plinking round, but mainly with the dangerous calibers such as 7.62 and especially the .223, which is mostly used in these mass killings. What really changed my mind was the shooting in Las Vegas and then reading this article in The Atlantic, which I'm linking to. Here's an excerpt. Quote, In a typical handgun injury, which I diagnose almost daily, a bullet leaves a laceration through an organ such as the liver. To a radiologist, it appears as a linear, thin, gray bullet track through the organ. There may be bleeding and some bullet fragments. I was looking at a CT scan of one of the mass shooting victims from Parkland, who had been brought to the treatment center during my call shift. The organ looked like an overripe melon smashed by a sledgehammer and was bleeding extensively. How could a gunshot wound have caused this much damage? End quote from the excerpt. These guns aren't dangerous because they look scary. They are scary because they shoot dangerous rounds at super high velocity that tumble and then cause cavitation in the human body causing catastrophic damage. A wound that would be survivable with a 9mm or point. 4-0 caliber. Every time I have to read that, I'm like, I sound like a douche who doesn't know about guns. You know what I mean? Am yeah, I, you're am not I saying to... it right? Am I saying it right? Yeah, you're, you're not... Uh... How would you say it? Well, I mean, it, it's, it's a 40 caliber. Okay. Yeah, you know, like a... I've heard that. I've yeah, heard that. Yeah, 40 caliber. Okay, all right. 
will be devastating with these assault rounds. We shouldn't talk about banning weapons based on appearance or necessarily how they operate, but based on what actually causes the most damage. Thanks again. Love the show. Tom from Pennsylvania. Well, um, the reason people say that an assault weapon, all it is, it's the same thing as any other gun. It just looks scarier. It looks tactical. That's because that's what the NRA wants you to believe. That's why people say that. They've taken it to be true. When it is not true. It's not just the damage that the bullet causes when it enters the human body. It's also the rapidity with which you can fire the weapon without the barrel getting hot. There, The way the weapon is designed, there's a heat sink over the barrel to radiate heat off of it. So you can hold... The be- you can hold the weapon in a different way than you do, let's say, a hunting rifle and fire over and over and over and over, which causes great stress and great heat on the barrel of the weapon. And we don't need to go into a ton of detail, but um, it, it, he's right. It isn't just because it's black and looks tactical and scary. Well, this is one of the things I love about listener communication, because I have read many of these articles from people that work in emergency rooms who are actually on the ground having to deal with the aftermath of these shootings. And they talk in many of these articles about the damage that is done as a result of these weapons and that it's so much more difficult to save somebody um, that has been shot by these weapons than say a handgun, right? Yeah. Because it just ruins your organs. And yeah, I mean, you shoot somebody in the liver, and there, there's nothing left to deal with. Yeah, there, there's fragments of a liver that you can't stitch together and have it work anymore. Yeah. So I, I was so happy when Tom sent this email because it was a great reminder. Um, to add this to the discussion because it is a very important point. Yeah. Um, so thank you for, for adding that to this d- discussion. Sometimes we forget really important things that we could add. Um, <laughs> not me. And I do my job pretty good. It's nice to have, uh, <laughs> people who, who hold us accountable and ensure that, that we're getting the correct information out there, as much information as we can as well. Um, but no help with the pronunciation of the of the actual weapons. So thanks a lot, Tom. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to write the decimals, okay? I'm going to read it, the decimals, if you put them there. All right? <laughs> That's not necessary. All right. You can leave them out. I think he gets it. All right. All right. If you, too, would like to sound off and have your <laughs> voice or Brittany's reading your email on the program... Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. Support for I doubt it with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. Well, we would like to thank our new Patreon supporter, Matthew. Matthew! And our Patreon supporter who upped his pledge, Gene. Yes, Gene! Thank you so much to Matthew and Gene. We very much appreciate your support. You know, your support helps keep 
the show going. That's really what it does. Episode by episode. And we are recording this on the um, night of the debate. We watched the three-hour debate. Yes, we would like a medal for that. Thank you. (laughs) And we are going to be doing another episode about the debate tomorrow. Yes. So be prepared for that. If you were hoping that we would talk about the debate on this episode... I'm sorry. And if you're listen, if you're one of those people who pick who picks up the the your 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 iPhone or whatever the fuck you listen to the show on and listens right away and you have thoughts about the debate, call on in. Call in preemptively before the show and we'll play your voicemail and talk about it on the show, incorporated it into the debate the debate breakdown. Yeah, your favorite moments, who you thought won, who you thought lost. Speaking of winning and losing, we are nominated for the best podcast in Orange County in the OC Weekly, and we would very much appreciate you voting for us once per day until September 26th. If you Which go Which is 5 days after Earth Wind and Fire Day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, keeping with the theme of the show, That's Jesse right. D. I appreciate yeah. that. So uh, we have pinned the link for OC Weekly to the top of our Facebook page, I Doubt It with Dollamore Podcast. You can also find a link to vote for us on our Instagram at I Doubt It Podcast and on our Twitter at I Doubt It Podcast. And hey, while you're at it, you should just follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dollamore at Brittany E. Page. That is Brittany E. Page. Brittany E. Page. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Remember back in May of 2017, Donald Trump had just fired James Comey, and the day I believe oh it was God, the day, it feels like ten years ago. Yeah, I know, but I think it was the day after. The day after he fired James Comey, he met with the Russians in the Oval Office. Their, their equivalent of the Secretary of State, Sergei Lavrov, and their equivalent, well, not their equivalent, their ambassador to the United States, Sergei Kislyak. These two gentlemen, Lavrov being, well, anybody related to diplomacy from a hostile foreign country, and especially Russia, they are spy recruiters. They're looking for people to, to be in service to, to, to Russia. And uh, Donald Trump met with those gentlemen and spilled secrets that were given to us by Israeli intelligence. Shocking. And outed an embedded asset on the ground in Syria. I believe it was ISIS in Syria, not ISIS in Iraq. Well, uh, that month, the CIA decided that they, because they had a high-level spy mole inside of Vladimir Putin's government that it was and Donald Trump knew he was there because he had been briefed prior to becoming president prior to officially becoming president when he was president elect he had been briefed on it and they were so worried that Donald Trump was going to run his fucking mouth and out this person and get them killed that they extricated him exfiltrated is what they call it they extracted him or her from Russia. Now, the New York Times has reported that this individual was so high up and had been in the service of the United States for m- more than one decade, two decades, they said, 
so high up that this person was able to take photographs of documents that were either, I don't want to say it wrong, that were either on their way that ended up on Putin's desk or while they were on Putin's desk. I mean, this very high up. Wow. And Donald Trump fucked this whole situation up. I did a video about it, but there's an element I didn't talk about in the video. Mm. And that is the fact that now, because of Donald Trump and his loose lips having sunk ships down by the seashore, we don't have that (laughs) asset anymore. Yeah. That is a blow to U.S. intelligence. Mm -hmm. That is a blow to the information we're gathering going into an election where Russia is going to be fucking interfering again. Because the president of the United States does not have common sense. Cannot be trusted. Mm -hmm. And it really is emblematic. This entire last 10 days or so has been um, just a fucking shit show related to U.S. Uh, security infrastructure. Because not only did this get reported, but just the other day, Donald Trump, via Twitter, fired his third national security advisor, John Bolton. Jim, you're getting new information from your sources about John Bolton's departure. That's right. Well, President Trump is searching for a new national security advisor this evening after he abruptly announced John Bolton had been fired in a tweet earlier today. The president gave Bolton the boot after the two men had clashed over key foreign policy decisions, including Mr. Trump's scrapped plan to invite the Taliban to Camp David for peace talks. I'm told the president was upset uh, that Bolton had tried to create the impression that Vice President Mike Pence was opposed to those Camp David talks as well. But as one top administration official insisted earlier today, the president's national security team is not a mess, despite an obvious cleanup job. For now, former National Security Advisor John Bolton, it was an unceremonious firing by tweet. Standing outside the West Wing just hours before he was scheduled to join Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin to answer questions from reporters, Bolton was suddenly gone with his former administration rivals. I'm never surprised. All smiles. The president's entitled to the staff that he wants at, 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 at any moment. This is a staff person who works directly for the president of the United States, and he, he should have people that he trusts and values and whose uh, efforts and judgments benefit him in delivering American foreign policy. White House insists Bolton was fired, with the president announcing in a tweet, I informed John Bolton last night that his services are no longer needed at the White House. I disagreed strongly with many of his suggestions, as did others in the administration, and therefore I asked John for his resignation, which was given to me this morning. I thank John very much for his service. I will be naming a new national security advisor next week. But Bolton essentially tweeted, that's not true, claiming, I offered to resign last night, and President Trump said, let's talk about it tomorrow. Despite the fact that Mr. Trump has now gone through three national security advisors, administration officials say there's no insecurity when it comes to the president's foreign policy team. Is this national security team a mess? Absolutely not. That's the most ridiculous question I've ever heard of. Let me just say, the national security team, which is what you asked, consists of the... National Security Advisor, the Secretary of Defense, the Secretary of State, myself, the Chief of Staff, and many others. Can you disagree with the President? Of course. Sources tell CNN Bolton had clashed with the President over a number of critical issues, including Mr. Trump's scrap plan to invite leaders of the Taliban to Camp David just days before September 11th. 
President and Vice President Mike Pence believed Bolton's team was leaking stories that top administration officials were questioning the idea of a Taliban meeting. I think the, the view that there's some public discussions about Bolton being on the other side of meeting with the, the Taliban probably was a bridge too far. I don't know what happened there. A foreign policy hawk, Bolton also disliked the idea of sitting down with North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un. Aides say Bolton's contrasting views and outspoken style had irritated the president for months. He has strong views on things, but that's okay. I actually temper John, which is pretty amazing, isn't it? Bolton also found himself at odds with Pompeo, who's much more willing to tout the president's foreign policy views. I know everyone's talked about this for an awfully long time. There were definitely places that Ambassador and I, Bolton and I, had different views. With Bolton out of the way, the administration is sounding much more open to the idea of Mr. Trump sitting down with Iran's president at the upcoming United Nations General Assembly. The president has made clear he is happy to take a meeting with no preconditions, but we are maintaining the maximum pressure campaign. Now, you couldn't see that, but I've watched that video. I've watched that press conference with uh, Pompeo and the twitchy uh, Mnuchin. And uh, Pompeo was beside himself with glee. He couldn't have been more happy and smiley, fucking grinning ear to ear that John Bolton had been fired. It just, it, it, well, I have two competing thoughts that just popped into my head. One. Let's talk about them. It reminds you <laughs> that the petty work relationship conflicts that exist in every workplace across America. <laughs> yeah. Also exist in the White House. So you kind of feel better about your own situation when you think of that. But then at the same time you become frozen with terror, or at least I do, that the people who are in the most powerful positions in our society are petty little people. Or as Chrissy Teigen would say, pussy ass bitches. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that is pretty shocking because you're right. Mike Pompeo and John Bolton, they were not getting along. Before this happened. Having actual screaming matches and shit. Yeah, and also giving each other the wall of silence. Yeah, silent. Well, that's how it ended, <laughs> was just silent treatment. Yeah. They wouldn't They wouldn't speak to one another. Not on speaking terms. Which is a, a problem when the former CIA director, current Secretary of State, isn't speaking. I'm just not going to talk to him. With the National <laughs> Security Advisor. Yeah, come on, guys. It's an untenable situation. They need to be able to talk in order to give good, sound counsel to the President of the United States of America. Come on. Anyway, Donald Trump, there was a whole back and forth about who fired who and who quit. We're not really going to talk about that. But Donald Trump in the Oval Office did give uh, reporters a chance to ask some questions about this. And I think his answers are, uh, well, they're very Trumpy, very, very Trumpy. But, but I want to talk about it. The talks with the Taliban are dead. Jeff? Um, I follow up on your uh, decision yesterday with regard to Mr. Bolton. What led you to decide to part ways? So John is somebody that I actually got along with very well. He made some very big mistakes. When he talked about the Libyan model for Kim Jong-un, that was not a good statement to make. You just take a look at what happened with Gaddafi. That was not a good statement to make. 
and it set us back. And frankly, uh, he wanted to do things not necessarily tougher than me. You know, John's known as a tough guy. He's so tough, he got us into Iraq. That's tough. And uh, But he's uh, somebody that I actually had a very good relationship with. But he wasn't getting along with people in the administration that I consider very important. And uh, I hope we, we've left in good stead. But maybe we have and maybe we haven't. I have to run the country the way we're running the country. We're doing very well. We're respected all over the world again. Uh, respected like we haven't been respected in many, many years. You look at Iran and you look at uh, so many of the things that are happening. Iran wants to talk. They all want to talk. We're doing very well with China. And uh... we're going to stop it there because he rambles for like two minutes about China. China, China. He rambles for, for really, literally, maybe two minutes about the economy and how China is now losing jobs and market share. And uh, and then he goes back to John Bolton. You mean to tell me that he didn't go on to say something fantastic and profound? <laughs> no, usually he does. I was a little surprised. Yeah. So it is interesting, though, and he's going to get back to it, back in action here. Um Donald Trump has always said, I hire the best people. Yeah, he does. And then when he fires them, then they were the fucking worst people. And now (laughs) he's not only just, you know, like, yeah, he was no fucking good. He was lazy. He was a turd. Whatever the fuck he said about uh, about Rex Tillerson here. He's like talking about bad policy um, opinions Mm -hmm. that. Oh, yeah. Well, he got us into Iraq. Well, then why the fuck did you hire him in the first place, Donnie? And, you know, John wasn't in line with what we were doing. And actually, in some cases, he thought it was too tough what we were doing. Mr. Tough Guy, you know, you have to go into Iraq. Going into Iraq was something that he felt very strongly about. So we're right now in for over $7 trillion into the Middle East. And I don't say it was his decision. You had a president and you had other people also, but he was very out there, I can tell you and uh, wanting to have them do it. And I disagreed with that decision from the beginning, even though I was a civilian, so nobody cared. But I was out there. I was uh, outspoken about it. I thought it was a terrible mistake. Here we are many, many years later, decades later, and we're still there. And we've been acting as policemen. And I'll tell you one thing. Uh, we are hitting the Taliban right now harder than they've ever been hit. And what they did was horrible. When they killed... A great American soldier, when they killed 12 people, innocent people, essentially innocent people. Because if you look, I mean, many of these people were civilians. You also had a NATO soldier, in addition to our great soldier. But when they did what they did in order to create what they thought was a better negotiating stance, I said, that's the end of them. Get them out. I don't want anything to do with them. And they've been hit very hard. And I know for a fact they said that was a big mistake that they made, and it was. But uh, that was my decision. And what we're doing now is my decision. So we have a lot of great people that want that position. A lot of great people want a lot of positions. They want to be a part of this administration. We've done more. Uh, When is it going to fucking stop? Mm -hmm. Enough. We've got a lot. That's uh, so great. Shut the fuck up. Run the country. Keep us safe. Quit fucking bragging about it. 
as you invite the Taliban to Camp David the week of 9 11. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, they killed a great soldier. What about all the hundreds of soldiers that they've killed over the years? Or were they not great? Were they not some reason not to invite them? Yeah. Well, the reaction to Donald Trump um, canceling the meeting with the Taliban at Camp David was uh, all the conservatives were saying, well, he did the right thing by canceling this meeting. (laughs) Well, he did the wrong thing by inviting them in the first place, ding dong. Right. So implicit in that is that he did the wrong thing, period, from the starting point. Right. Yes. By even initiating it. So. It was weird how they were able to spin it into, he did the right thing by canceling this. Yeah, he also initiated it, you ding-dongs. What do you, can't take my stuff. What are you doing? Ding-dongs are your stuff? Ding-dong is mine. Pretty sure it belongs to Hostess. No, no, they got it from me. (laughs) No. Most certainly. Really? Where's that ding-dong Hostess money? (laughs) (laughs) I'm hiding it. All right. It's under my mattress. Mm. So the other thing that's happening now is this vape thing is is blowing up. And, you know, I, I think that they are making the right move here by taking bold initial action. If that's ultimately what they do, we don't fucking know what they're going to do. But um, I don't think we want to catch ourselves. Look, we have history to look back at and know the mistakes that we've made in the past relative to the tobacco industry. And we could have nipped that in the bud in the 50s or 40s or 60s. Um, and we didn't. We failed to do so. So why not correct that mistake now with this new generation of tobacco products? Well, let's also back up a little bit and talk about what's going on with the vaping thing. A sixth person in the United States has died from lung disease related to vaping. Now to that new White House move to take on vaping. President Trump proposing a ban on the sale of most flavored e-cigarettes following hundreds of cases of vaping-related illnesses. Whit Johnson is here with more on that. Good morning, Whit. Robin, good morning to you. The FDA reports e-cigarette use jumped 78% among high school students from 2017 to 2018. That staggering trend prompting the president and the first lady to take action as health officials continue to investigate what's making people sick. We are looking at vaping very strongly. It's very dangerous. Uh, Children have died. People have died. This morning, President Trump is launching a new vaping crackdown, encouraged by First Lady Melania, who in a tweet called e-cigarette use a growing epidemic. That's how the First Lady got involved. She's got a son together that is a, a beautiful young man, and she feels very, very strongly about it. The president's proposal would put a ban on flavored e-cigarettes often used by teens and young people. This after the CDC reported six deaths and at least 450 cases of serious respiratory illness in 33 states believed to be linked to vaping. Officials have not identified a specific device or ingredient. Use of both THC and nicotine products have been reported by patients with the illnesses. More than 3.6 million teens admitted to using e-cigarettes in 2018. And on Wednesday, Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar said that number has now jumped to 5 million. Remove its colored cap and insert it into your Juul. Juul, the popular e-cigarette maker known for their flavored capsules or pods, including mango, fruit, cucumber, and creme, trending overnight. Don't buy a Juul. Don't vape 
Some users on the heavily teen-populated social media app TikTok appearing to mock the recent health warnings, with the hashtag StopJuling going viral. And it's now becoming an issue for law enforcement. Authorities in Wisconsin arresting two brothers accused of running a large-scale operation illegally manufacturing counterfeit vaping cartridges filled with THC oil. These two individuals had employees, they had staff, they had time cards. However, he was using it for criminal activity. With the help of parents around the United States, we're not going to allow this behavior to go on across the nation. E-cigarette company Juul says it will fully comply with the new FDA policy, but the American Vaping Association argues that a flavor ban will not stop drug dealers from selling contaminated cartridges like what we saw with the arrest in Wisconsin. Could be a start, though, of some sort. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you very much. So the federal investigation into the link between vaping and severe lung disease is ongoing and has not identified a cause. But all reported cases have indicated the use of e-cigarette products, and some patients have reported using e-cigarettes containing cannabinoid products such as THC. Um there are separate invest investigations being conducted in separate states where the deaths and the illnesses have occurred. Um, New York health officials said last week that extremely high levels of the chemical vitin vitamin E acetate were found in nearly all cannabis-containing vaping products that were analyzed as a part of the investigation. Um, at least one vape product containing this chemical has been linked to each person who fell ill and submitted a product for testing in the state. So that may be implicated in some way, vitamin E acetate. But again, um, they, they haven't identified a cause yet. Um, but this is very concerning, right? Well, you can take a little bit. I, I mean, one, I would just say don't fucking don't vape. You know, nicotine is linked to cancer. It's not just the tar or the smoke that you're inhaling. Nicotine itself is a car carcinogen. Um but you know, we're not going to preach about smoking or not smoking or vaping or not vaping. There is a little bit of solace to be given to those out there because this is happening in kind of isolated pockets of the country. It's not a, 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 a countrywide, nationwide spread thing where people are dying, just dropping dead all over the place. So I think they are going to be able to get to the bottom of, of what the common causes are here. Um, so that's good. But I do think action needs to be taken, especially where it relates to getting to kids early and not having them be um, romanced by these companies that are absolutely marketing these fucking products to children. Well, something that was always concerning to me about vaping is that everyone really rushed to accept this explanation that it was so much safer than cigarettes. And... I still think, right, that it is better than cigarettes. But I say that very cautiously, right? Because we don't know what the hell's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and some of this may be related to, like, knockoff products that people are using. Um, That's what they're Ill saying. Illegitimate products, you know. Um, but, but it is concerning. And... According to the CDC, e-cigarettes should never be used by kids, young adults, pregnant women, um, and adults who do not currently use tobacco products, right? If it is being used to try to quit smoking, then 
it seems like the CDC says okay, but people have even picked up vaping that Who didn't smoke cigarettes. Didn't smoke. Yeah, that's fucking bonkers to me. And that really is the success of these campaigns and these yeah. companies being able to fool people um, into thinking that it's cool and, well, and the creativity behind it with the blowing of the smoke rings and the social media aspect of it. There's also a little little bit of room between. A slide between it's better for you than smoking to it's good for you or it's good mm-hmm. or it's not harmful. I mean, there's a lot of room in between those three things. Right. Well, in listening to that that news package where it talked about teens like making a joke about what's happening with vaping. Yeah, kids are going to be stupid. That's what they do. Yeah, but it reminds me of people's responses when I talk about like cannabis induced psychosis, which I see um at the psychiatric hospital in which i work um and people think that's funny like it's not serious like that doesn't happen or they deny that it's that it's even real right that that's not a real thing um again (laughs) like telling me that um when like that's what i do at my job also that's what i see at my job it is it is um as weed gets more and more and now we're on to a different topic here but as weed gets more and more potent and crazy and high high test it's you're gonna have that kind of shit you're fucking with your brain it is a hallucinogen it's a psychoactive fucking drug one thing like you said we're moving away but i just one thing that i wanted to say is that anyone who has recently used an e-cigarette product um, who starts to experience coughing, shortness of breath, chest pain, any of these kinds of symptoms should go see a doctor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you may have, um, some sort of lung related illness that, that people are developing. Um, so make sure if you are a user of these products that you are on the lookout for any of these symptoms. Uh, don't be like me though. And if you're listening to this and you do vape and now you heard those symptoms, don't go on WebMD. Don't manifest them all of a sudden. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so listen, before we move, I, I mean, I, we're going to, I don't want to lose what we're doing here. One, I want to kind of, I don't need anybody asking my D, but you people owe me because I I do a lot of Trump watching. <laughs> I do a lot of. I just realized it today how much Trump watching I do. It's really sad because I watched an entire Oval Office presser where you know the they're kind of corralled behind the couch and he's mm-hmm. got the FDI acting FDA guy and some other ding dong there uh-huh. and they're and ta- Melania and Melania. But they, that's where I got the John Bolton stuff, but. I listened to the whole half hour thing and now I I cut it. I listened to it to find out where the things are and then I edit the pieces out listening to them and then we play them on the show and I listen to them. It's just fucking ah! too much. Too much. Mm-hmm. So uh he did address you he, they played a little bit of a clip from it there in that news package but I I, I want to This is so quintessentially Trump that I I didn't want to move on from this topic without addressing the things that he said. We have a problem in our country. It's a new problem. It's a problem of no. Also, I want to say this that I I I don't know, and I would I would throw this out to the audience. I don't know whether Trump really truly believes he's saying things that are genuinely profound, or if he's really just trying to fake it 
hoping other people will think that he's saying things that are profound. We have a problem in our country. It's a new problem. It's a problem that nobody really thought about too much uh, a few years ago, and it's called vaping, especially vaping as it pertains to innocent children. And they're coming home and they're saying, Mom, I want to vape. <laughs> and the parents don't know too much. Wait. Mom, what? I want to vape. What? Who are these kids? Mom, I want to vape. <laughs> who, who does that? <laughs> the cut get off the bus. I want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, Mom. And... Mom, I want to vape. <laughs> kids, it's not... This is a replacement for smoking. Kids know that. They wouldn't go and, Mom, I want to start smoking cigarettes. Right. That's not how it works. Mom, I want a vape. They might go up to their friend Joey and say, Joey, let's try a vape. I don't even, I don't know. (laughs) Fucking out of touch Trump, man. It might be more likely. And the parents don't know too much about it. And nobody knows too much about it. But they do know it's causing a lot of problems. And we're going to have to do something about it. One of the words and one of the reasons we're meeting today is to let you know that it's out there. And we want to have parents understand that we're studying it very carefully. It's, again, very new and potentially very bad. There have been deaths and there have been a lot of other problems. People think it's an easy solution to cigarettes, but it's turned out that it has its own difficulties. So I'm going to ask Secretary Azar to say a few words, and then, uh, if I could, Acting Director of the FDA, Sharpless, and you've been doing a fantastic job. I want to thank you. And we want to discuss the situation, uh, because uh, not only is it a problem overall, but really specifically with respect to children. We're getting some stories that we don't want to hear, and we may very well have to do something very, very strong about it. So if I could ask you, uh, Mr. Secretary, say a few words. So it just it's out of time. Part of this is just him continuing to talk and word salad. So he feels like he's contributed and not tossing it to his his acting FDA guy or or his um, whoever the other guy that's in there with him, tossing it to them and have them lead the meeting in the Oval Office. But then there's the other thing that he said that the media jumped on. And I didn't know whether I wanted to talk about it because it does relate to Barron So we're talking about it on the podcast rather than me doing a YouTube video because in my dumb brain, I think there's less of a chance of Baron seeing it. I don't know whether that's... How sad. I don't know whether that's arrogance on my part or just looking out for just an abundance of caution. But here's the other part of this. Mr. President, about your announcement today, are you concerned that the companies that were making these products will will be treated unfairly by taking this market, these products off the market? Well, they've become very rich companies very fast. And the whole thing with vaping is uh, is a uh, been very profitable. And I want companies. Look, you know that. I fight for our companies very hard. I fight. That's why I'm fighting with China. That's why I'm fighting with other countries. If you look at European Union and if you look at uh, Japan and if you look at so many others, including South Korea and Many others, we're constantly dealing with them to make it good for our companies because I view it as jobs. 
I view it as income for our country and jobs. Uh, vaping has become a very big business, as I understand it, like a giant business in a very short period of time. But we can't allow people to get sick, and we can't have our youth be so affected. And I'm hearing it, and that's how the First Lady got involved. She's got a son together that is a, a beautiful young man, and she feels very, very strongly about it. She's seen it. We're both reading it. A lot of people are reading it. But people are dying with vaping. So we're looking at it very closely. And, you know, if nothing else, this is a conference that's going to let people know about it because people are going to watch what we're saying. And parents are going to be a lot tougher with respect to their children. A lot of people think vaping is wonderful, it's great. It's, it's really not wonderful. It's, uh, that's one thing I think we can say definitely, Commissioner. It's not a wonderful thing. It's uh, got big problems. We have to find out the extent of the problem. It's so new. It's so new. But we're going to find out. And I hope that parents that, uh, you know, they have children and the children are a certain age, I hope they're going to be able to uh, make wise decisions, maybe based on what we're saying today. That is, I mean, I've thought about this, that comment right there. And that's how the first lady got involved. She's got a son together that is a, a beautiful young man, and she feels very, very strongly about it in what kind of a situation would he not say we have a son that she uh, she has a son and then he it sounds like a hard edit but it's not that's he said together so i think he immediately caught himself but it's just weird that it's not in his head that it's our son you know we've got a kid we don't want this it's melania Mm -hmm. has a son Mm mm-hmm a beautiful young man. She doesn't want him to blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Just, mm-hmm. Again, it's the same. We played the clips of him on Howard Stern talking about paying people to change diapers because I'm not going to fucking do that. You, you pay the women to do that. Mm-hmm. It just, it again, it's, it's on brand for Donald Trump. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, I guess we'll throw it out to the audience. Yeah. 657-464-7609. You can also email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Is there anything else? Lovely, talented, scholarly Brittany Page. We are looking forward to discussing the debate. It was definitely the best debate so far. Way, way better. Yes. Um, than the others. Definite improvement over the previous two or four, I guess. Um, there's been four, right? I think this was the third one. No, I mean... Like oh, because of the doubled up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I think that that was good. There was like a longer amount of speaking time. Anyway, we'll we'll get to it. But <laughs> if you you're just gonna break right in and do it. If you have thoughts on it, we would love to hear from you. Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine or I doubt it at dollamore dot com. Yes, we're looking forward to that. All right, everybody, we're gonna leave you there. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time for Brittany Page. I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been. I doubt it. I thought we were hating her. I understand that. <laughs> I understand that would never happen. Never happen. Joe. <laughs> <laughs>